If you have your Bibles, would you open up to the book of John, chapter 14? How many were at the baptism service last night? A few of us were. Really encourage you to come out to those services. There aren't too many in the year. Yeah, just a real powerful time in the presence of the Lord, in the house of the Lord. Stand with our brothers and sisters as they commit to follow Jesus. Not only that, but to hear their testimony and just take that in. The miracle that the Lord has done in each life. We'll get to John chapter 14. You know, they become a real part of life, operating systems. And we might not entirely understand how they work or function or operate, but they do. And we trust them. And we rely on them, for without them, a device cannot function as it was created to. And no, I don't claim to know a lot about computers and such, but I do know that they need operating systems. And this message has nothing to do with Apple and PC, but has everything to do with you and I and Jesus Christ and the Holy Ghost. John chapter 14, verses 24 to 26. Anyone who does not really love me does not observe and obey my teaching. And the teaching which you hear and heed is not mine, but comes from the Father who sent me. I have told you these things while I am still with you. But the Comforter, Counselor, Helper, Intercessor, Advocate, Strengthener, Standby, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, in my place to represent me and act on my behalf, he will teach you all things. And he will cause you to recall, will remind you of, bring to your remembrance everything I have told you. There is an operating system that functions perfectly. And this operating system enables people to function as they were created to. It enables each of us to function how we were actually created to function. This operating system is not the ingenuity of mankind, but rather the initiative of God. We really do need the Holy Ghost. We really do need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit alive in us. We need the Holy Spirit moving us. We need the Holy Spirit guiding us and teaching us and causing us to remember everything Jesus has said. What operating system are we going to trust? What operating system are we going to rely on as we make our way through this life? You know, we were born into this world, and when we were born into this world, our operating system was diseased. It is diseased as we come into this life. This world goes on, and what this world seeks to do is to update this system and keep us functioning accordingly. This operating system is governed by the flesh. It's carnal humanity. It's unregenerate. It's ungodly. Am I going to trust this inferior operating system? Am I going to rely on this inferior operating system? John 16, verses 13 to 15, in the New King James Version, it reads, However, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth. 
For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me. For he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. And the voice reads, the spirit of truth will come and guide you in all truth. We need the Holy Spirit to guide us, don't we? He will not speak his own words to you. He will speak what he hears, revealing to you the things to come and bringing glory to me. The spirit has unlimited access to me, to all that I possess and know, just as everything the Father has is mine. That is the reason I am confident he will care for my own and reveal the path to you. You know, where would we be without the Spirit? And who would we be without the Spirit? What would life look like if we didn't have the Spirit and perhaps we can remember back to a time when we didn't have the Holy Spirit working in us, guiding us and teaching us, correcting us, comforting us, strengthening us. We need the power of the Holy Ghost. We need the Holy Spirit. You know, Jesus Christ never dreamed up or designed or desired that Christianity would function simply as a function without the Holy Spirit. That was not his purpose. He said, even to those, when he was departing, he said, tarry and wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit. Because the Lord knows, Jesus knows, that we need that power, that dunamis, that dynamite power inside of us. We need the Holy Spirit every day. We need the Holy Spirit for every decision. We need the Holy Spirit for every purchase. That might help us out sometimes. We need the Holy Spirit in every conversation, don't we? Because it's not just enough to do life on our own. We fail time and time again. We need the Holy Spirit to come and remind us of the teachings of Jesus, to remind us of the standard of God. And that's what the Holy Spirit seeks to do that our lives would bring glory to Jesus and bring glory to the Father. Number one, this operating system never crashes. You know, we can trust and rely on the Spirit. The Spirit is not going to fail us or leave us panicking. When we trust our life to the Spirit, we can rest assured that our life is safe and nothing will be lost. John chapter 14, verses 25 to 27, these things I have spoken to you while being present with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. The voice reads, I have spoken these words while I am here with you. The Father is sending a great helper, the Holy Spirit, in my name to teach you everything and to remind you of all that I have said to you. My peace is the legacy I leave to you. Wow. I don't give gifts like those of this world. Do not let your heart be troubled or fearful. I would encourage us all tonight, let's just trust the Holy Spirit. No doubt, no fear, not troubled, just peace. You see, when we walk in the Spirit and we allow the Spirit 
to do his work, to lead us and to guide us, to direct us, to correct us, to strengthen us. You know what the result is? The result is peace. In our spirit, the result is peace. We know that God is leading us and we know that we're on the right track with the Lord. Not anxiety, we're not fearful because fear is cast out as we trust and rely on the Spirit. We're walking in the Spirit, we're living in the Spirit. The Spirit is inside of us, governing us. This operating system is controlling us. See, the problem is a lot of people have a problem with letting go of control. A lot of people have a problem with receiving help from others. Some have a real problem with being taught of others. But that's how it's got to be if we're going to give our lives to the Lord and we're going to allow the Holy Spirit to come and work inside of us. We have to let go. We have to let go. Number two tonight, this operating system is virus-proof. It really is. You see, there is no problem with the Spirit. I want to say that again tonight. There is no problem with the Holy Spirit. The problem is with the hardware, and that's you and that's me. See, there's no problem with the Holy Spirit if we open up and allow the Holy Spirit full access and full dominion in our life, things are going to go well. But when we start shutting down, when we start closing down and allowing Him limited access and limited control, that's where we get in trouble. There's nothing wrong with the Holy Spirit. There's nothing wrong with the process of the Holy Spirit, there's nothing wrong with the leading of the Holy Spirit or the teaching of the Holy Spirit or the strengthening of the Holy Spirit. I don't know what you think. Maybe you think the Holy Spirit's got a problem. I'm here tonight to let everybody know the Holy Spirit has no problem. The Holy Spirit is fully capable, fully equipped to do the work. Jesus Christ trusts the Holy Spirit sent the Holy Spirit. God the Father sent the Holy Spirit. You see, we have to play by the rules. We cannot live according to the flesh, ignoring the Spirit, and think that things are going to work out right. We can't go on in our Christian walk, in our Christian life, in our relationship, in our discipleship with Jesus Christ, and keep ignoring the Holy Spirit and think everything's going to work out right. The Holy Spirit says, Abide by the rules. The Holy Spirit says play by the rules. And it's for our benefit. We cannot go on ignoring the Holy Spirit. We have to take the teaching. We have to take the counsel. We have to take the help the strength, and so on. You see, if we allow the Spirit full access and full dominion, power, authority, and control, no virus will ever be able to infiltrate. We'll be fully protected. Always led right. Every conversation will produce glory to God. Every step, glory to Jesus Christ. The problem is when we're outside of the Spirit or we're ignoring the Spirit or when we tweak the instructions. Anybody ever do that? Or just those that buy from Ikea? 
because you're usually missing parts. We have to allow the Holy Spirit full access, full dominion. C.S. Lewis said these words, imagine yourself as a living house. God comes in to rebuild that house. At first, perhaps, you can understand what he's doing. He's getting the drains right and stopping the leaks in the roof and so on. You knew that those jobs needed doing, and so you're not surprised. But presently, he starts knocking the house about in a way that hurts abominably and does not seem to make any sense. What on earth is he up to? The explanation is that he's building quite a different house from the one you thought of. Throwing out a new wing here, putting on an extra floor there, running up towers, making courtyards. You thought you were being made into a decent little cottage, but he's building a palace. He intends to come and live in it himself. You see, sometimes we don't understand what the Holy Spirit's doing when it's the little things that we know need work. We know the drains need to be cleaned out, right? Because what happens when your drains are plugged? Your sink overflows. It's terrible. All right, so we know the little jobs, but the Holy Spirit knows the deep work that needs to take place. Sometimes we don't understand it and we push it off because we don't understand it, but just because we don't understand it doesn't mean it's not right. There are things in Christianity we might not understand, but it doesn't mean they're not right. There are principles and truths and standards in Christianity that we might not understand. Maybe we don't have the level of revelation yet, but it doesn't mean they're not right. You see, they're right. Just because we don't understand it doesn't mean that the leading and the prompting and the guiding and the directing and the correcting and the strengthening of the Holy Spirit, it doesn't mean it's wrong just because we don't get it. It's always right. You know, unless we're really surrendered to the Lord, we can mess up the installation process. You don't want to mess up or interrupt installation. Allow Him full access and full dominion. Let Him govern your life. Let Him have His way. Let Him create what only He can create and what only He can think up and dream up. Allow Him to create that kind of a palace. You see, we might think up and dream up a pretty little cottage with a white picket fence with roses just outside the door. But he has something else in mind. What do you have in mind, God? What do you have in mind, Holy Spirit? What are you trying to work and create? See, we often come to the Lord and we have the blueprint in our hand. This is what I want you to build. But that's not how it works. We go to him and we say, what do you desire to build? And the Holy Spirit comes and goes to work in our life. And he builds something so far beyond what we could ever build ourselves. If we allow him full access, full dominion, full control, we can all have a virus-proof life. We can. We can. Number three, there's no update and no new version. There's only ever been and only ever will be one version. And I know nowadays we got updates and new versions. And I'm not just talking about the device in your hand. 
or in your pocket or in your purse or on your desk or in your living room. Talking about Christianity. And there's a lot of people coming in. They've got new versions and new updates. See, Jesus didn't say, expect those to come that will bring new versions and new updates. Jesus never said that. I think we think he did because it fits culture now, society now, the 21st century. I mean, get with the times. But see, the Bible, there's no new version. Walking in the Spirit, living in the Spirit, allowing Jesus Christ to control your life as Master, as Lord, there's no new version. There's no new version of discipleship. There's no update. Jesus didn't say this applies to you, disciples, right now, and to the apostles, and to all those that are being saved. We read the book of Acts. This applies to you, but, you know, there will be a generation in uh, 2017 living on planet Earth, and they're going to need an update. They're going to need a new version. You see, it wasn't like that. There is no update. There is no new version. And if we bought into something else, it's an inferior operating system. It's an inferior life. It's not what Jesus Christ actually thought up and created. It's the ingenuity of man. It's not the initiative of God. The ingenuity of man, not the initiative of God. See, there's only ever been one and only ever will be one version, and it's, it's devotion, it's obedience, it's respect, it's loyalty, it's faithfulness, it's holiness, it's purity, it's righteousness. You see, these things are of the Spirit. Such things are of the Spirit. It's not ungodliness and half-heartedness. It's not wishy-washy. It's not partial surrender. It's not confusion. It's not delusion. For such things are not of the Spirit. These things are not of the Spirit. The Spirit would never produce ungodliness. Do we understand that? So if that's what's being produced, it ain't the Spirit. Again, there's no problem with the Spirit. There's a problem with the hardware. The Holy Spirit would never produce half-heartedness. The Holy Spirit inside of us, this burning fire, this force, my goal in this one is to produce a half-hearted Christian. In this one, a half-hearted worshiper. In this one, a half-hearted tither. In this one, a half-hearted Bible reader. In this one, I mean, that's insane, but it's like, that's what we got. That's not the Holy Spirit. That's a life that has allowed the Holy Spirit limited access. Not full dominion, not full control. For the Holy Spirit isn't going to produce junk. The Holy Spirit isn't going to produce something that lacks The Holy Spirit doesn't put out knockoff product. 
The Holy Spirit would never initiate partial surrender or a wishy-washy attitude or demeanor. The Holy Spirit would never initiate confusion. The Holy Spirit's not trying to lead us in confusion or in delusion or some kind of fog. I'm not saying we'll always understand it, but He's not trying to lead us in confusion that it's just mass confusion across the planet, denominations and homes and Christians. Well, it's completely confusing. I mean, what does it mean to follow Jesus? It might mean one thing to you and one thing to you and one thing to you, and that's okay. But that's not what the Word says. See, Jesus tells us what it means. And the Holy Spirit comes, the same Holy Spirit. He didn't send down 7 billion Holy Spirit. You understand what I'm saying? He didn't send down, it's, it doesn't work like that. It's the same Holy Spirit with the same mandate, the same design, the same desire. So it's not to say to one, hey, what is the Holy Spirit trying to produce in you in terms of Christianity and worship and prayer and church attendance and relationships and moral purity and ethics and conversation? Well, I don't know. Isn't that up to personal conviction? No, it's not. Because if it's up to your personal conviction, you've allowed him limited access. You have not given him full control if it's your personal conviction. In our own life, no matter who we are, we're all level at the foot of the cross here tonight. No matter who we are, if, if it's personal conviction, it's not him. It's a form of surrender, a form of godliness, a form of Christianity that we've chiseled. It's really an idol. It's not God. Because we haven't allowed him full access and full control. Just think about your life right now if you really opened up and allowed the Holy Spirit full access, full dominion, full control. Would your life look different? Would your days look different? Would your conversations look different? Would your entertainments look different? Would your hours look different? Would things look different? Would your, your financial situation look different? I believe it would. See, everything would be better because what the Holy Spirit produces is pure gold. Is the operating system installed? No fakes. Has installation been completed? Have we allowed the Spirit full access and dominion? John chapter 16, verses 13 to 15, first from the voice. The Spirit of truth will come and guide you in all truth. He will not speak his own words to you. He will speak what he hears, revealing to you the things to come and bringing glory to me. The Spirit has unlimited access to me, to all that I possess and know, just as everything the Father has is mine. That is the reason I am confident. Listen to that word. 
He will care for my own and reveal the path to you. The Amplified reads, He will honor and glorify me because He will take of, receive, draw upon what is mine and will reveal, that is declare, disclose, transmit to you. Everything that the Father has is mine. That is what I meant when I said that He, the Spirit, will take the things that are mine and will reveal, declare, disclose, transmit it to you. It's like heaven transmitting. The Holy Spirit is, is transmitting things to us. It's trying to work. It's trying to produce. It's trying to accomplish its mandate on earth. You see, Jesus Christ had his time on earth and his mandate, and now the Spirit is here, and the Spirit is trying to desperately work on every person to beautify them for the return of Christ, to create something glorious for the Son of God who gave himself, who gave himself for us, who died for us. The Holy Spirit is trying to produce a palace. Why would we settle for a cottage? You see, you can beautify a cottage. It can be real comfortable. You can have a nice bed in the cottage. You can have bread baking in your bread machine or whatever you got going on. You can have smoothies in your cottage and a white picket fence, like I said, and roses. And if you don't like a smoothie, every morning you can wake up and you can eat cornflakes in your cottage. You know what I'm talking about. It can be very, very comfortable. But is it what the Holy Spirit had in mind? Or have we settled for something else? We don't think it's settling. Have we bought into something else? Have we created something else because of our personal conviction, which is limited access, limited control? You know, Jesus is fully confident in the Spirit. How many believe that? Jesus is fully confident in the Spirit. The question tonight, are we? See, he's fully confident. He sent the Holy Spirit. He's fully confident that the Holy Spirit will produce in every single person exactly what is right. But the question is, are we confident in the Holy Spirit? Maybe we have a trust issue. Maybe we're not confident in the Holy Spirit. Maybe we think we can work things out ourselves. You see, the living is the proof one way or the other of whether we, like Jesus, like our Savior, like our Lord, are confident in the Holy Spirit. Are we fully confident in the Holy Spirit, or is it something less? Again, the living is the proof, one way or the other. Truth, the conversation is the proof. <laughs> now, I know we have a learning time. I understand that, but I'm not saying we're not ever going to slip up. That's not my point. The way you live your life when you're outside of here is the proof. What you do on Friday nights, it's the proof. What you do on Saturday nights, it's the proof. What you do behind closed doors, it's the proof. And you know what? Maybe nobody else can see what's going on, but God can. And the Holy Spirit knows. And so the truth is, we need the Holy Spirit inside of us more than we often think. We need the Holy Spirit leading us more than we think, guiding us 
more than we think because the living is the proof one way or the other. So if someone says to me or says to you, I fully trust the Holy Spirit, I'm fully confident in the Holy Spirit, and they go around living their own way, might just say, you're not confident in the Holy Spirit. Maybe you have a problem with the Holy Spirit. I mean, people don't want to hear that because as soon as you say that, well, you're not supposed to judge, right? Well, let the Spirit of God judge your life because He is. Because He is. And maybe you're saying, well, then I'll just relax and I'm not going to be a Christian. Well, you know what? God's judging your life. So we cannot escape being judged. We cannot escape judgment. It's impossible. Impossible. Even if we go about living our own life, our own way, it's impossible. And why is that beautiful? Because then it makes me want to just totally give my life to the Holy Spirit. Sometimes the hardware needs an upgrade to handle the operating system. True? This too only happens when we throw our lives into the hands of God. Are we trusting and relying on something else or someone else? We know we can't handle things ourselves. We need the Spirit. I want to read the words of David Wilkerson. I believe we have it on the screen. The Holy Spirit knows what he's doing. Good start. The Holy Spirit does not perform his work in us in some disjointed, haphazard way. He doesn't exist to simply help us cope with life, to get us through crises and to see us through lonely nights. He isn't there just to pick us up and pump a little more strength before putting us back into the race. Everything the Holy Ghost does is related to his reason for coming, to bring us home as a prepared bride. He acts only in keeping with that mission. Yes, he is our guide, our comforter, our strength in time of need. But he uses every act of deliverance, every manifestation of himself in us to make us more suitable as a bride. Neither is the Holy Ghost there just to give gifts to the world. No. His every gift has a purpose behind it. The Holy Spirit has only one message. Everything he teaches leads to one central truth. He may shine in us like a many-splendored jewel, but every ray of truth is meant to bring us to a single truth, and that is this. You are not your own. You have been bought with a price. You have been chosen to be espoused to Christ, and the Spirit of God has been sent to reveal to you the truth that will set you free from all other loves. Truth will break every bondage to sin and deal with all unbelief. For you are not of this world. You are headed for a glorious meeting with your espoused and are being readied for his marriage supper. All things are now ready, and I am preparing you. I want to present you spotless with a passionate love in your heart for him. That's the work of the Holy Spirit, to manifest Jesus to the church so that we will fall in love with him, and that love will keep us. Trusting and relying on any of this system is simply going to leave us susceptible. 
All other systems leave us bankrupt at the end of our days. All other systems fall short of the standard of the Lord in this life. As we walk with the Lord, we know more and more the voice of the Spirit, His leading, His guiding, and so on. One way to know whether or not it's the Spirit and not our flesh is to line it up with the Word, the Bible. And my, how important this is. You see, we need to know the Bible. I've had people come and say, well, the Holy Spirit's leading me to do this. And it's a complete violation of the Word of God. The Holy Spirit will not do that. Why would God do that? God's not going to violate His Word. Like people have come and it's, it's a matter of breaking loyalty or breaking covenant or being unfaithful or... It's actually leading into sin. They say the Holy Spirit's leading me. Or maybe they jump the gun and the season isn't yet. And they do it their way. It's not God's way. The Holy Spirit is never going to lead us to do something that violates the Word of God. I mean, what kind of a God would He be? If he sent a book and said you can live by it, it's perfect. But I'll tell you what, every once in a while, I'm going to get you to do something that doesn't line up with the Word. I mean, I just want to create confusion across the planet. Today and age, everybody, I'm led of the Spirit. The Spirit's leading me to do this, be this, say that. You see, it gets crazy. And we'd balk at the crazy examples. I've heard some real crazy examples. And if I shared them with you, you wouldn't even believe it. But people that are completely convinced that it's the Spirit, all you got to say is, go to the Word. Because the Holy Spirit will never violate the pure Word of God. Never. Never. We need to know the Bible. Especially when we're young believers, we need to know the Bible. We need to get into the Word. We need to sit under the teaching of the Word. We need to take it in because it's going to protect us from those moments where maybe we're totally not sure, like, is this the Spirit? Well, let's go to the Word. Let's gain counsel. Wisdom has many fathers. Foolishness has none. Let's find out if it's right. See, we get ourselves into trouble when we just assume. Or we feel it's the Spirit. I love it. You know, some people come and they want counsel. and Isn't it interesting? They go to the ones that they know are going to tell them what they want to hear. And they call it the Holy Spirit, even though it doesn't line up with the Word and it violates and it breaks loyalty and covenant and faithfulness and on and on and on. It actually creates a breach. The Holy Spirit's not into that in that way although the Holy Spirit does draw the line sometimes, but the Holy Spirit doesn't want to come and breed confusion and, and, and break up. You know what I'm saying? That's not the intent. But then they go to the ones, you know, I've had some come to me and they ask me for counsel, and I'm not going to give them my own, so I'm just giving them the Word. This is what the Word says. You know, I don't want it on my head. You know, I might have a word for you, but it's the word, so you take it and you run with it if you want to. And, and they go, you know, I knew you'd say that. 
well, why are you coming to ask me then? Like, I'm not going to violate the word just to make you feel good. I actually don't care that much about you. I mean, I love you, and I do care about you, but I, I don't care enough to violate the word of God. That's just the bottom line. I don't care enough about anyone on this side of the planet to violate the word of God. Now, maybe that sounds really strange, but, you know, that's my life. Because it's, it's just not right. I mean, why would I pick you over the Holy Spirit? Why would I pick you over the Bible? Why would I pick you over Jesus Christ? Why would I pick you over God? I love you. We love each other. We're called to love each other as we love ourselves. You want to know the truth? I don't love myself more than the Word of God. I don't want to live that kind of life. I don't want to love myself more than the Holy Spirit. You see where it leads? Love your neighbor as yourself. Get a right understanding of who you are. In, in light of God and under His reign and His authority and His dominion, I think sometimes we think too highly of ourselves when the Word time and time says, you know, God exalts those that are humble. Come before the Lord and, and understand that He's holy and He's righteous and He's God and it's His way or the highway to hell. You know, that's the truth. That's the truth. Let's have the worship team return. Galatians 5. 17 to 25, the Amplified, it reads, For the desires of the flesh are opposed to the Holy Spirit. How many have found that to be true? Wow, is that ever true? The desires of the flesh are opposed to the Holy Spirit. You see, if we want that carnal show, how many know it's opposed to the Holy Spirit? If we want that moment of sin, that's a that's opposed to the Holy Spirit. The desires of the flesh are opposed to the Holy Spirit. And the desires of the Spirit are opposed to the flesh, godless human nature. For these are antagonistic to each other, continually withstanding and in conflict with each other, so that you are not free but are prevented from doing what you desire to do. But if you are guided, led by the Holy Spirit, you are not subject to the law. Now the doings, practices of the flesh are clear, obvious. Here's a good list. They are immorality, impurity, indecency, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, anger, ill temper, selfishness, divisions, dissensions, party spirit, factions, sex with peculiar opinions, heresies, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and the like. I warn you beforehand, just as I did previously, that those who do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, this is New Testament writing. But the fruit of the Spirit, of the Holy Spirit, the work which He has presence within accomplishes, the work which His presence inside of us accomplishes is love, joy, gladness, peace, patience, and even temper, forbearance, kindness, goodness, benevolence, faithfulness, gentleness, meekness, humility, self-control, self-restraint, countenance, continence. Against such there is no law. There's no law that can bring a charge. And those who belong to Christ Jesus, the Messiah, have crucified the flesh. We know that verse, don't we? And those who belong to Christ... They have crucified the flesh. That's the godless human nature with its passions and appetites and desires. If we live by the Holy Spirit, 
let us also walk by the Spirit. If by the Holy Spirit we have our life in God, let us go forward walking in line, our conduct controlled by the Spirit. See, there's something so beautiful, so powerful about welcoming the Holy Spirit to have his way. Actually saying, Holy Spirit, you're living inside of me? Do your thing. Make what you want to make. Create what you want to create. I might not understand it. Sometimes it might hurt. You're throwing a wing out here. You're building a tower there. You're trying to beautify the place. So be it. Do your thing. But oftentimes we're saying, Holy Spirit, do it, but I don't want it to hurt. Holy Spirit, do it, but I like the white picket fence. Holy Spirit, do it, but please, please don't get rid of the roses. Holy Spirit, do it, but don't take that out of my life. And that's what we do. And so we're trying to barter and bargain with God, and we're sending back the plans, and we're saying, can you change the blueprints? It doesn't fit my life. I don't quite like it. I had this in mind. Something else. Something less. Something far less. My many settle for something far less. Far less. Because I can't let go and allow him full access, full control, give him full dominion. You know, the greatest life, the freest life, the most satisfying life is when you finally let go and say, Holy Spirit, have it all. We sing songs like, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Or come, fill this place, change the atmosphere, and, you know, we apply it to our own life too. And, you know, is it just words or, or is it real? Is it real? You know, I heard a quote one time, and it's just like, we come into church and we sing a bunch of lies to God sometimes, you know. And I know that sounds a little harsh, but the reality is, we look at a screen and we sing words like, with everything. You know, we sing words like, all that I have. We sing these lines and these phrases that are so deep, and, and then we walk out. And I mean, can you imagine if I came to you and said what some of those lines were? And they're just promises and they're declarations and they're decisions. And, and I'm serious, Lord. I know we're going to mess up. I know we can make mistakes, okay? But the Bible says if we sin, not when we sin, okay? So we're supposed to live this spirit-controlled life now. I'm not saying we're totally free of the flesh because it's, it's this battle. We understand that it says until the day we meet him. The flesh is at war with the spirit. The spirit is at war with the flesh. Well, we say things like, Holy Spirit, come and, and live in me and do your thing. You know what we sang tonight? Uh, come write your story. You know, come write your story, and then we try and take the pen in our hand that's way, way too big. We just mess it up. Or we try and insert, you know, something here or there and insert a character, and he's saying, I don't want that character in there. That could apply to relationships tonight. It's not, that wasn't in your story. <laughs> you know, he wants to keep us on the straight and narrow and lead us right. When we're really surrendered, when we're really open and honest, 
Again, there's something so powerful and so beautiful. It's so freeing when you finally let go and let the Holy Spirit do his thing. See, it's a tough life when we're constantly fighting the Holy Spirit, when it's us saying no, when it's us rejecting, when it's us shutting him down, when it's us halting the project, when we're walking in and, hey, I'm just going to take a look here and see what you're actually doing, Holy Spirit. You know, you go in and inspect a house. Maybe you've never been involved in building a house or buying a house or anything like that, but you go in along the way and you take a look. Can you imagine if you walked in and you're like, Holy Spirit, I don't quite like how you nailed those nails into the wall. And frankly, I just think he's saying, well, that's your opinion and that's fine. But this is the right way. So what do you want me to do? Pull them out and nail them wrong? The Holy Spirit's just not going to do that. But if you slip in there and suck the nails out of the wall and nail them how you want, that's on you. But the Holy Spirit's not going to mess it up. The Holy Spirit does not produce a messed up life. The Holy Spirit does not produce a messed up house. This operating system is perfect. And we can trust them. We can trust them. Let's stand tonight. Says the team leads, just open up. I'm not going to try and put words in your mouth or ask you to say anything. Or, you know, just however you feel to respond in this moment, in these closing moments. And we're going to wrap up in prayer. And we're going to head out of this place and take a moment for fellowship. Go about our week. Surrender to the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord.